This recording begins with a reading of the Gospel of the Day. That will be followed by the homily from Father Paul O'Brien. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up to the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the land. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will call children of God. Blessed are they who are persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Last Sunday we heard almost the final part of the final part of the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. You recall Jesus has now begun his public ministry in Galilee. He's called his first closest disciples to follow him, and they've chosen to follow him. The final verses of that chapter, which are between what we heard this week and what we just heard, say that Jesus travels throughout Galilee. He teaches in the synagogues. He proclaims the good news of the kingdom, and he heals every kind of illness, physical, mental, and spiritual illnesses of all kinds of people. As a result, large crowds of people are drawn to Jesus. They come not just from Galilee, but from a much wider geographic territory. So the fifth chapter of Matthew begins what's called the Sermon on the Mount because it takes place, Jesus' teaching on a mountain. It goes from the beginning of the fifth chapter until the end of the seventh chapter of Matthew. This morning we just heard the first 12 verses of the fifth chapter. These are commonly called the Beatitudes. This is a perennially, meaning forever, valuable passage in the Gospels in which Jesus tells people 2,000 years ago until the end of earthly time some of the realities that they will experience if they actually choose to follow him, if they live as his authentic disciples. It's so valuable because at any given time in our lives as Christians, we can check in with these Beatitudes and say, is this real in my life? Is this not real in my life? Jesus says with absolute assurance, if we authentically follow him, these realities will take place and they'll grow in our lives. So beatitude means blessing. A blessing is a gift from God. Any gift from God that's offered to the whole world is offered to the whole world. Everybody is eligible for this blessing, not just some group of people. Anyone on this planet who chooses to be a disciple of Jesus is going to experience these blessings. Blessing, the attitude, 
also means happiness. Not just happy today, I'm happy tomorrow, I'm sad. I think more like joy. The deep spiritual satisfaction at the core of our beings that God wants us to experience if we live his love. These Beatitudes describe realities of joy that are available to anyone who authentically follows Jesus, no matter what the circumstances of life. And Beatitudes, because they're grace, are always dynamic. These are gifts that flow into us from God. If we choose to live as Jesus' disciples, they grow in us, and they continue to grow in us, ultimately, to eternal life. Why is this important? As you go through the Beatitudes, it would be ridiculous if you say, oh yeah, I'm merciful, check. Oh yeah, I'm a peacemaker, check. It's great if you're merciful and if you're a peacemaker, but it's supposed to be, yes, I am in these ways merciful and I know there's more growth to come. Yes, I am a peacemaker and I can feel I'm meant to be more of a peacemaker. As well, if you are honest about the Beatitudes and you say, I really am not a merciful person, because these are graces that enter us and are meant to flow, to repeat, they're always available. When I recognize these are realities that I want to pursue, but I'm not living them, there's nothing stopping me right away from entering into them. So here's what I invite you to do this week. Please join me in opening up your Bible, take a picture of that passage with your phone, click on our social media, you cannot say this text is not available to you, Open up the first 12 verses of Matthew 5, enter into these Beatitudes, and just honestly ask yourself, at this stage of your life today, not the past, not a future you're hoping for, to what extent are these real in your life now? To what extent are they not real in your life? This is something every one of us can do individually. It's a great thing to do in a marriage together or in a family. It's something we also should also do with an eye to our community. Any parish that hears these, this passage this weekend and isn't reflecting honestly this week to what extent are these Beatitudes real in our community is putting its head into the sand. Let me give you a couple of ideas to start you out. Like everything, you and I can only do this ourselves. No one can do this for you or for me. But here are some ideas to get you going. In the Beatitudes, Jesus makes clear how his authentic disciples will accept the reality of who's who and what's what on this planet and in all of creation. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That word in that text, poor in Greek, is a beggar, not just a person who doesn't have a lot of material possessions, but someone who has to go to others in order to receive good. Jesus is not suggesting that Christians have to beg God for anything. It is the Old Testament tradition, which we heard in that first reading and the psalm. You are a very good cantor, by the way. Second generation children's choir. You did an excellent job this morning. In the Old Testament, in the first reading in the psalm we heard, there are people who are economically poor, and as a result of that misfortune, understand that they're totally dependent upon God for everything. It's exactly the same as the word meek. Blessed are the meek. And Matthew extends that to in spirit. 
You don't have to be economically poor. You can be a billionaire and be poor in spirit if you just accept the truth that God is all good, that all good we have only comes from God. It does not come from anyone else or from us. And that because of that, everybody's equally loved by God. I am not more important than anyone else on this planet. That's a big reality to accept. It's reality. But to accept that and live out of that, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek. Has nothing to do with being wimpy or off in the corner. It has everything to do with being powerful in reality. Jesus in the Beatitudes makes absolutely clear that his authentic disciples will experience seeing other people and loving other people the way that God does. Blessed are those who mourn. I know that what he's saying is, you're going through pain right now. You're mourning. I can observe that. If I live as a disciple of Jesus, I do what God would do, what Jesus does. I enter into your mourning and I share it. I actively love you in that. Blessed are the merciful. That's Christianity 101. Whatever your need is, once I recognize it, mercy is when I make the choice to enter in and to give whatever I can do to address your need. Blessed are the peacemakers in a world that always has conflict. It's always guaranteed. The easiest thing to do on the list of easiest things to do is to observe conflict. It's all around us. A peacemaker is someone who not only does not just observe conflict, but enters into it and tries to be a maker of peace in other people's conflict. An authentic disciple of Jesus sees people more and more the way God does and loves people more and more the way God does. In the Beatitudes, Jesus makes absolutely clear that authentic disciples are people who pursue purity at the depth of their souls and in how they behave in this world. Blessed are the pure of heart. In the scripture, heart means your soul, the core of who you are. A person who chooses to follow Jesus makes the decision, and it's a big one in our disgusting so often society, I'm going to pursue integrity, I'm going to pursue purity, and I'm going to reject corruption in my soul. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I am going to pursue acting for God's justice, for what is right and true in this world. Jesus makes clear in those Beatitudes that anyone who actually lives as his disciple will experience persecution as a result of that because I'm imitating Jesus. People will persecute you. They'll utter completely false things about you because of me, not because of you, because you are following me. If you are experiencing persecution, which I imagine we all are these days, because you're choosing to live Jesus' love in the United States of America in 2023, yes, that's what he says will happen. Christians are not looking for trouble. I'm not looking to be persecuted. There's nothing good about being persecuted. But if I'm not being persecuted today in any way, shape, or form because I'm a Christian, I could not be living Jesus' love very actively because the devil is real. 
because there are so many people who hate Jesus, because there are so many people, particularly in this part of this country, who are trying to destroy everything he teaches. A disciple of Jesus, he makes clear in those Beatitudes, ultimately is rewarded with everything that's good, everything. The relief, ultimately, of all human suffering, as you read through what the rewards are in the Beatitudes, that includes now. Suffering is not just physical. Suffering is spiritual. It's emotional. It's relational. If you choose to live as an authentic disciple of Jesus, your human suffering will be relieved in many ways now, but ultimately eternally. Every good thing on this created planet in this universe will become yours if you choose to live as an authentic disciple of Jesus. I hope you get this. I think I'm really just starting to get it. All these good things to which I'm attracted that I really want, I get them ultimately, eternally, if I choose to live his love. Every good will ultimately become part of our eternal lives if we choose to live as his authentic disciples. So, to repeat, I encourage you just take those Beatitudes this week, read them through, and see where you stand. This should be great news or a whole welcome to all sorts of possibilities. I'll give you one final thought. When I personally take these Beatitudes seriously, when I read them and just try to spend time understanding them according to the Bible and the teaching of Jesus, not my version of what's this or that, when I am honest about how my Christian discipleship these days connects with these realities, as importantly, when I'm honest about how my life does not connect with these realities, and when I start getting to work to try to grow in them, one of the extra blessings God gives me is relating with bad people in a more godly way and with good people. As in, I realize I do not have to pretend to be God. I am not God. If you are a merciful person and I enter into the Beatitudes, I really come to understand better, not from my opinion, from God's, you're merciful. You are a peacemaker. You really do hunger and thirst for righteousness. And when I see that you do not, I can realize I'm probably right, or I may be right, based on God, not my opinion. It's so tempting. It's one of the ultimate, or the first fallings away. It's so tempting to sinfully judge other people. We judge one another in all sorts of appropriate ways, but to fundamentally judge other people as only God does. It is so tempting to condemn other people in ways that only God can condemn. We have so much judging going on sinfully in this society today. We are so full of condemning one another. I mean, you can barely speak a sentence without being condemned. If I enter into those Beatitudes and I'm really trying to pursue those realities as an authentic disciple of Jesus, I am relieved to find out I'm not God. I don't have to pretend to be God, and it is a wonderful freedom to just work for him. 
You have been listening to Father Paul O'Brien, pastor of St. Patrick Parish in Lawrence, Massachusetts. For more information about the parish and to get involved, please go to stpatrickparish.com or follow us on social media. Thank you for listening.